Welcome to the Speaking Light into Abortion podcast, where I talk about all the reasons it's possible for you to thrive after your abortion. I'm your host, Amanda Kingsley, and two years after my own abortion, I certified as a life coach so I could serve women after abortion in all the ways they've been deserving and lacking for centuries. Consider this your launchpad for finding strength and community in yourselves and in each other. All right, just me for a quick second here, and then I'm going to introduce our guest and the conversation that we uh, recorded earlier. We recorded it actually last month. Um, I have had, you know, I started this podcast without a lot of planning and without a lot of um, structure. And it's continued to just evolve. And the way I sort of do life is to follow the breadcrumbs and let things unfold and respond and allow. And the podcast has just sort of followed that trajectory. What happened at the end of the year is in the last two months of 2021, I had quite a few people who'd been following me for a while say, I'm ready to record an episode. And so I ended up recording four episodes with beautiful people sharing their stories, their personal stories. Now, I know I've had a lot of guests who have personal story in addition to their expertise, but I do try and invite a lot of podcast guests who I know have um, like expertise value that they can offer you, tools and resources that you can use to help on your healing journey. And I haven't focused a lot on story. There are some other great podcasts that focus on abortion story. There's um, a lot of great blogs and chats and groups, but I really wanted to provide in this podcast ways for you to actually heal, things for you to actually do, people for you to actually hire, including myself, um, so that you can move through and thrive. And... Somehow I ended up with these four story podcasts and they just fit beautifully into the rest of January. So the next four episodes are really going to be focused um, on storytelling. Uh, Actually, one, two, three, (laughs) maybe all four. Let me just look again. One, two, three. Actually, all four of the guests have other expertise um, in their life and... um, Well, doesn't everyone? Everyone has other expertise, but I met these amazing people through the coaching community. So they have their own sort of lenses and and businesses and ways they contribute to the world. So they're very thoughtful conversations, but really focused on their personal story. So the first of those today um, is happening and there'll be three more following and then we'll get back on track. I have some other episodes already recorded for you. Um, from some medical professionals that I'm excited to to share. Um, And yeah, we'll see where the rest of 2022 takes us in terms of the podcast. I really do just follow the flow. So if you have requests, if you have interests, if you have desires, just send me a message and I can probably make it happen. I know a lot of amazing people. I can share a lot of amazing wisdom with you and I'm going to continue to do that. Um side plug if you haven't bought the book what are you waiting for (laughs) it's so amazing 
I reference it myself all the time. Um, my clients are loving it. If you have bought it and haven't left a review on Amazon, please do that. I am going to start focusing on getting it into bookstores and libraries. So if you have resources to do that, please connect with me um, and enjoy the episode. Um, okay. Love you all. All right. Podcasting again. I love being here. I particularly love being here today because I met today's guest um, in social media, in Facebook through like business coaching groups or like, it's been a while, Lori. So I don't even quite remember, but we've sort of been in the same circles for quite a few years now. And um, we've tossed around the idea of podcasting a couple of times and now was the right time. So I'm so grateful that Lori Soma is here with us. I will, of course, link to her and all her brilliance, but I want to let you introduce yourself in today, like whatever feels right for you today, for this audience, for this podcast, say what feels appropriate for now. Okay. So my name is Lori Soma. And I am a self-love empowerment coach. I've done business coaching, you know, before I've, I've been an entrepreneur for six years, um, always leaning into self-love because that is something that is so powerful for me. Yeah. Um, I grew up, you know, I am a, a recovering addict, um, recovering from trauma and abuse and eating disorders and mental health, you know, struggles I've had throughout my life. Um, and so I've really, really learned to lean into loving myself and Mm. am definitely, um, definitely love and honored to, uh, be, be the person that kind of like empowers other people to love themselves too. Um, so yeah, that's, that's, that's me in a nutshell. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, the greatest journey we can take, right? It's just like leading by example. I tell all my clients like, yes, I'm here for you, but I'm really just doing the work with you. (laughs) Like, I'm just like, I've done enough of it ahead of you to be able to be here with you, but like, I'm still doing the work. Like, so for you to be an example of what's possible of how to love yourself through lots of different human experiences is such a gift to the world so thank you yeah we are definitely never not doing the work and if people are like oh I've done the work and I'm not doing any more of it oh that's that's when that's when you're going to fall behind because it unfortunately there's not this one moment of hey I've done it I'm here I'm great I don't need to do any more work yeah no it is continuous I was just having this conversation with a friend and I have one of my very favorite clients who I've coached for years now. Um, and she's a general life coaching client. Um, we used to laugh a lot because she was always like, oh, no, 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 I've been there, done that, moved on, <laughs> closed the chapter. I'm like, yeah. She finally now is like, yeah, I see. There's no chapter closing. <laughs> There's no been there. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And no matter how much I have learned, no matter how much work I've done on loving myself, I'm always like, 
oh, okay, you need to keep working. (laughs) You need to keep working on that because that imposter syndrome, you know, creeps in and like anything that anyone has ever said to you, your entire life kind of comes back and you still need to do the work and continuously do it. You know, it's kind of like a muscle, you know, like you can't, you know, you can't just like train for a marathon and be like, oh, there you go. I'm going to be fit for my entire life. And that's, you know, whatever you have to keep doing it or else you're going to lose it. You know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I appreciate you being here as a, as a leader in self-love, a movement of self-love and empowerment, and as a coach, because coaches, mm, I'm going to say it anyway, are some of my favorite people to, to talk to. Um, I was like, am I going to say that? Yep, I am. I really just treasure my conversations with, with coaches. They're always deep and powerful and meaningful. Um, and I do think like, we just think at a different level, it's not like a butter level, but it's just a different like plane of, of processing. And so I love the conversations I've had with coaches on the podcast. Yeah. Um, and one thing I do want to like point out about, and especially with the conversation that we're having today, um, when you asked me to, you know, introduce myself, I, kind of forgot a very very important thing and that is that I'm a mom of two um I'm a mom of two amazing teenage girls send help help. (laughs) and I am also a member of the LGBTQ plus community and so Mm -hmm. are my kids um and yeah they are a big humongous part of my life and have helped me um, to heal a lot yeah. in my life. I've learned a lot and I'm breaking the cycle. I'm, I'm completely breaking the cycle of abuse that was going through my family that ends with me. That's, you know, so yeah, I just wanted to yeah. kind of really, I don't really say that. That's very important. Yeah. Thank you. And I don't really take notes or prepare questions for my podcast, but the only three words I wrote on a piece of paper other than Lori, <laughs> we're breaking the cycle. So I feel like yeah. that is a hugely important reason you're here. So thank you for being here as a coach, but also like, let's, that is part of who you are, but like, let's welcome you as a person with a story who yeah. many listeners can resonate with. Um Lori is here to share her abortion stories and very much related to this um, concept of breaking cycles. And I just want to open the space for you to be in that part of who you are and what abortion has meant to you in your life. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Let the storytelling Um, begin. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I'm going to, I'm going to go into it really quickly and kind of skim over it. So um, you know, when I was nine, I, I mean, I've been, I've been through a lot of trauma, a lot of abuse, abuse in my life. Um, my mother was, my mother and I are starting to really start to have a relationship now, but she mm-hmm. was extremely toxic in my life. But so mm-hmm. was my dad. Like, I, I was the baby of the family and I, 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 I was told many times, you know, I wasn't wanted in the family and all of that wonderful stuff. Um, and my mother was, you know, hurt and hates herself, always hated herself Mm. and, you know, really, really taught me how to hate myself. Um, so I became, I became bulimic at nine, became an alcoholic at nine. Um, 
nine years old, like mm. literally, literally, like bulimic mm. and 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 you know, an alcoholic at nine. Oh. Um, I I tried to commit suicide the first time when I was eleven. Mm. And by the time I was 14, I was a full-blown, like, drug addict, alcoholic, eating disorder. Um, I was I was self-harming at 16, 15, 16. And at 16, I went into a mental hospital um, mm. because I was, you know, I mean, I, I actually, I'm the, one, I'm the one that put myself into a mental hospital when I was 16. I was going to um, ask you that question. Yeah. Yeah. I still, I still remember it to this day. I, I was suicidal. I was making my best friend walk with me on the highway because I wanted to jump in front of cars. Mm. I had hundreds of cuts on my body. I Mm. was burning myself with cigarettes. I mean, I was, I mean, (laughs) if anyone was self-destructing, it was me. Mm. Um, But for some reason throughout my entire life, no matter what I've been through, I've always even in being a drug, a drug addict and being depressed and not wanting to live, I still have that like sense of, no, I, I, I need there to be more. I know there's mm. more, you know? Um, but I was just so hurt. Like mm. I was just so hurt and I was taking it all out on myself. Um, so I literally was sitting, it was 1996. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I was sitting there one night, you know, with the yellow pages in my lap and I'm the one that picked out the mental hospital. And I called my mom and I said, listen, yeah, I said, listen, I have to put myself into this mental hospital right now, or I'm not going to be alive by tomorrow. And that's what I did. Yeah. 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 It was, I mean, it's crazy to think the amount of times that I've had to save myself because nobody else, Mm. they knew that I was cutting. They knew that I was drinking. They knew that I was, um, self-destructing but instead of caring they were mad at me Mm. (laughs) so I the amount of times that I had to save myself was incredible um so that is like a little bit of you know my story and where where my mind was when I was 16 um that summer after I got out of the mental hospital I was I mean I was very promiscuous because I was trying so hard to be liked. Mm-hmm. And throughout my entire life, the message that I got was in order to be liked, you had to do sexual things. Yeah. You had to, you know, and I'm sure that a lot of people, you know, a lot of people listening really, really can, can resonate with that, you know, because we're taught we're taught that our worth is what we can do sexually, right? Mm-hmm. We're taught that that's that's how that that's how we get people to like us. That's how we get yeah. people to want us around. And so that's what I did. Yeah. And and I was doing drugs and drinking and having sex with literally anyone that would have sex with me, basically. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, like just just to just to numb or mm-hmm. to be liked or to want to, to have people want me around mm-hmm. because I just I wanted to be I wanted to be loved I wanted to be wanted I wanted to be I wanted to feel like I meant something to somebody mm-hmm. so <clears throat> I that that's what I was doing I was sleeping around at 16 and all of a sudden find out that I was pregnant when I was 16 and 
I felt so alone because it was like, I didn't know who to turn to or anything because my whole entire life, my whole fa- like my family was just, you know, they weren't very supportive. Mm-hmm. They knew that I was, you know, doing things and like whatever, but, um, I, I told my sister and I told my mother and mm-hmm. came to this, I mean, I actually, my, when I was 16 in 1996 is when I had, um, my first abortion and I was nine weeks pregnant at the time. So I found out when I was six weeks pregnant. So those three weeks mm. actually were of me, of me trying to figure out what am I going to do, mm. you know? And it's not amazing. I mean, that's just amazing to me that it's even a consideration at that age, like your brain, you're, you're literally not even fully developed and you're trying to process what to do. I, I just can't yeah. fathom. Yeah. Incredible. Yeah. I mean, I, my oldest daughter is almost 16. I couldn't imagine that being on her Yeah, and know that I like to, to think back to 16, 16 year old Lori, who is going through that alone. And most of the time I was drinking a 40, you know, and like, thinking like, what should I do? And I was doing drugs while I was trying to figure it out. And like, you know, just kind of like, just, you know, back and forth, like, you know, but, um, I really, really came to this realization that there is no way, like, there's no way I can't, I was self-harming. I literally was what, three months out of a mental institution. (laughs) Like, you know, I was on, Mm -hmm. oh, I couldn't imagine. I couldn't imagine. And you know, I, I, I told my mom, like, okay, I, you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna go through with this pregnancy. And, and I'm not even sure, all, I'm not even sure how it went down. All I know is that, like, there was a clinic. And my mom, and my sister took me there. And, like, I don't remember how we found the place, but I was, I mean, I, I, I took it for granted because when you're 16, you take that kind of stuff for granted. You take for granted the medical things, like my mother's insurance paid for it, you know, mm-hmm. no questions asked. They just paid for it. And I took that for granted. And looking back on it now, I'm, I'm so impressed and I'm, yeah. I'm so thankful. I, yeah, I'm, I'm so thankful that I had that, that, that we have the right to this choice mm-hmm. and can, and it can be safe medically to where we don't really even have to think about it too much of how it's going to happen and how we're going to afford it and how we're going to, you know, like, it's just like, you know, medical care, you know, yeah. where you, you don't have to fight for it so much. Well, I mean, at least I didn't at that time, you know? Yeah. And I'm so thankful that, that, that I was able to do that. And to be honest, I mean, so I had two abortions in my life. I had one at 16 and one at 19. I was in very different circumstances in life Mm -hmm. at those two very different times. Um, because I was mostly sober when I was 19, as opposed Mm -hmm. to when I was 16. But you know, I mean, I was growing up in a family that 
I would have continued the cycle mm-hmm. had I not been able to, to to make the medical choice that I made at that time because I wasn't healed. I was hurt. I was so I I, I was so in a horrible place that to even think of raising a child at that at, at that at that point having like I I couldn't even imagine I couldn't even I couldn't even take care of myself. Yeah. I can't imagine you know having having a child to take care of at that time. So, yeah. And now you've mostly taken the drugs and alcohol out of the picture and still fully aware that taking care of a child is not in the highest good. So it's oh, yeah. not um, not even just like this is like physically a very bad idea it on top of that just like having that knowing that awareness that I don't want to continue this cycle so it's right, pretty right it's pretty incredible uh I hope you're able to like honor and well love that part of yourself that at 19 with the upbringing you had even be aware that you don't want to continue the cycle. Like that's a big deal. Yeah. It is a very big deal. And to be honest, I, I to even be in the right frame of mind at both 16 and 19 to make that big of a, of a decision and know honestly, wholeheartedly that I made the right decision um, is, is a very, very big deal is a very yeah. big deal. Um, yeah. It's, I mean, and, it's not it's it's not the easiest decision to make it it definitely requires a lot of thinking and and you know while you're in it you don't really know am i making the right decision am i not like you know yeah you know am i going to regret this am i going to you know i can i can honestly say i mean i'm 42 <laughs> and i had abortions at 16 16 and 19 and i can honestly say that I made the right choice. Um, I, I stand in my power 100%. Mm-hmm. I love on, I love on that, that little girl at 16 and 19 who, you know, really, really had come from really bad circumstances, but was able to make the best decision. Um, yeah, I, I, I definitely love on her and, and I'm more, more than grateful, more mm. than grateful that that the choice, the safe medical choice is there. Yeah. And that is a very, very, very important thing because it needs to be a, a, a safe, you know, medical choice and able, people need to be able to make that choice, you know? It's such a powerful example of how not having access to abortion is literally forcing this cycle to continue. Like, it's not just like, oh, I wanted to make more of my life. It's like, we all want better for humanity. And without access to abortion, we're, we, you, you can never expect a 16-year-old with that particular upbringing, like, that you've shared to 
be able to raise a child and break a cycle. But I mean, no, right. no, no human. <laughs> okay, I shouldn't say that. There are probably humans who could do that. And maybe you I would mean, have been one of them. You might have been. Right. Who knows? Right. But like to take away access to abortion is us condoning this continued like trauma for so many people. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like, and I've said this so many times that, you know, I feel like, you know, we're, we're talked badly about if we choose abortion, but then if I would have been a drug addicted, self-harming mom who just came out of a mental hospital, I would have, I mean, what, what would have happened to me? What would have happened to that child? What would have happened? Like, I can't even fathom what that child would have gone through. Yeah. It's not even about, it's not even about me, you know, it's not even about me, but I know what I went through being the product of hurt, unhappy people, Yeah, you know, unhealed people. Mm. And I know what happened to me. And I know how that felt. And that's also the thing about breaking the cycle. Like now, now that I am healed, like, and I see my kids, I now know what a healed mom can do for their kids. You know, Mm -hmm. I don't even want to think of the, the life that would have been there. You know, like, I don't, I I don't even want to think of that because because it just it just it just wasn't a good a good time it wasn't a good thing and that's a very very mature and powerful you know decision to make um to literally make a decision not just about your life and yeah you said it before like I want more for my life but it's not even just thinking about what you want more for your life but you know totally that that child you know yes. that i mean it's mm-hmm. it's more like thinking of you know thinking thinking of some something else in yourself you know yeah. because had yeah. I been thinking of myself I probably would have not would not have had an abortion because yeah. everybody wants a baby to you know yeah. <laughs> and that's the whole thing like everybody's like oh this baby's gonna love me and I'm gonna be no it's it's not yeah. no never yeah. have children to complete yourself never yeah. <laughs> I was just talking to a client this morning about the sacrifices we make as mothers and do we have to define them and label them as sacrifices no but a hundred percent our lives change in undeniably like we we cannot ever not be a mom again and as I hear you talk and what she was realizing on on her call is like in completely as polar opposite experiences as I can imagine right now from yours as a teenager, realized I had an abortion as a part of becoming a mom. Like that was the first of the sacrifices I made as a maternal human being. Like part of becoming a mom was making those choices. And in your case, it's just so clearly evident. Like the way, and, and no, we've never met, but like the way I've watched you as a mother never would have been possible. No, 
if you had made a different choice. Like that was a part of you becoming the mother you are today. Absolutely. 100%. Yeah. 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 I, I would have never been the mom that I am today. Never, never. I would have been, I mean, like, just, just like I can say that, you know, my mom, my mom abandoned me and she hurt me and every, like, you know, like I'm still, I'm still healing from, from the hurt from her. Um, you know, 42 years, (laughs) 42 years old and still healing from the hurt that she caused me just, just by her being hurt. (sighs) I wouldn't, I wouldn't want my kids to feel that way in any way. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely making those two choices in my life. Let me, gave me time for me to grow up, to get Mm -hmm. sober, to, to heal, you heal in, in all different ways. And I mean, I'm not, I'm not a perfect mother, you know, but I am 1000% better than I would have been. Yes. And I mean, you know, like, I just, I, I, I just feel that, that, you know, that choice, having that choice is so, so important. That's why I'm like, I am so fiercely pro-choice for people and for myself. And I, I truly believe that having that choice is so important. Yeah. And I mean, I have, I have, I've kept this story in for very, very long because it's, it's not an easy story to tell, you know, it's not an easy story to tell. Um, but it is a powerful one and an important one Mm -hmm. to tell. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing it on so many levels. And I think there's the individual piece of like choosing abortion is a part of how we grow as humans, as, as people. But I think there's the social piece. There's a like humanitarian piece of choosing abortion is a part of how we grow as a people. Like it is a part of our story. It is a part of the decision making that leads us to being a better people, right? Like and, and I hesitate because I'm like, what does better mean? You know, like all the things, but still like we want to grow, we want to evolve, we want to create more love in the world. And abortion is a part of that. Like getting stuck on it being destructive, it being murder, it being all these things is just so missing the point of the gift it can give us to like take back our power, take back our choice, grow the way we're meant to grow, become more loving people. Um, Each one of our stories is just like a little mini version of the bigger picture. Yeah. Yeah. No, I absolutely agree with that. I I think a lot of it is lost and we, we get so clouded on you know, just being so against it, right? There's so many people who are just so against abortion, right? With without even understanding that if you're not in somebody else's shoes, <laughs> you don't understand what they're going through, no matter what. And you can make a choice for yourself and not push it on somebody else and give somebody else 
the the opportunity. You know, like as a society, we talk so much about, oh, that person shouldn't have been a mother, and you know, there are just people who shouldn't be mothers, and you know, like we we we're so quick to to judge people, you know, if they are not th- these perfect parents, but then. There's a lot of people who 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 are so against abortion, and it just it it just doesn't it doesn't make sense. And people need to understand that unless you are walking in somebody else's shoes, unless you know you you need to not judge as 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 harshly. You know, you 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 can you can choose what you want for yourself, but you it doesn't have to be what you like, you know, think somebody else should choose, you know? Yeah. Yeah, And I think you're just, your courage to share your story is one of the only ways we can break the stigma. We can break the narratives that just aren't true. Um, Okay. Now I'm going to get a little judgy which is just part of the human condition, but you have to be a bit of a psychopath to hear a story like Lori's, which we only heard, as you said at the beginning, like I'm going to skim over my story. Like we heard a fraction, like, like a speck of your story. And here's my judgment again. You have to be a bit of a psychopath to be like, no, she should have had the baby. Like, right. I mean, it's just, we so many people who stand so deeply rigid in their beliefs are so detached yeah. from the real people experiencing yeah. the real pregnancies and the real consequences of those pregnancies. And I think right. we so often, there's those people in the middle too who are like, well, abortion's okay for teens and it's okay for like anomalies or something, you know, there's just, or rape. There's just certain things that it's okay for. And one of the things I really appreciate you sharing in your story is like, even for a teen, it doesn't make it an easy decision. It's, it's not like, oh, well, she was just a teen, so we can move on. We don't have to think about that. It's like, no, this is still a human being. Like, this is still a person with like real feelings and real heart. And we need to talk about all of that experience, not just, oh, she was just a teen. That makes sense. Right. She's allowed to have an abortion because teenagers don't have real feelings. They're just, they're just young and foolish. It's like, no, this is like big shit. Like these are, these are big human stories we're talking about. Yeah. And if I could also to like kind of um, hit on the whole, well, what about adoption thing? Um, See, <laughs> I would judgment. like to, we're all judgy. <laughs> well, I would like okay. to just stand here as a, a queer person, as a person who identifies in the LGBTQ plus community yeah. and who also has two kids who identify in the LGBTQ plus community as well. Um, I would like to just point out that most of the people that are approved for like adoption are usually very Christian, religious, anti-LGBT. And I know I have a lot of friends who actually, not a lot, I have a few friends 
who are in the community who are adopted and mm. their lives were hell <laughs> like um because they you know they were of course they were adopted and wonderful and that's great and they didn't you know their parents didn't choose abortion great whatever um but they were they were forced to live a life that that did not make them happy that did not support who they were their their families you know shunned them because of who they were um so people who stand in that space of well why 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 don't you just you know put the put you know put put the baby up for adoption we have to understand again it comes back to if you're not if you're not walking in someone else's shoes you don't understand yeah. their predicament and so just because we can we can you know sit on our thrones and judge people based upon what we know and what we feel doesn't mean doesn't mean that that actually occurs for everyone else so that's also like you know a and I'm all for adoption you know I'm all for adoption and I'm all for you know queer people adopting too you know um but for me I hear that argument a lot like you know well why why not you know why why not have why not have you know put put the baby up for adoption kind of thing yeah and you know it it's not all like oh yay like rainbows and sunshine we have to actually understand that you know there's just so much more to it than what we you know base our judgments on you know so what whatever someone's you know choice is i mean and that's the whole thing like someone's choice is 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 the right thing for them you know so yeah I just, anyway, and, I wanted to step on my soapbox for a minute. <laughs> no, I love it. And even if it's not the right thing for them, even if they look back and go, you know what, that wasn't right. the right choice for me. Yeah. It, it literally doesn't matter. It was their choice. Like it's, it's their mm-hmm. path to walk and adoption isn't better. Abortion isn't better. It's just a different, complicated human story. Because exactly, yeah, someone yeah. who would have asked you to to carry that baby at sixteen for an adoption oh. also would have asked you to stop drinking, stop doing drugs, stop harming yourself, and and we know that none of that stuff was as easy access as easily accessible as just give the baby up for adoption makes it seem like right, like or hey, that- I would have been. I could have been put in jail from those decisions that I was making and what would have happened to my life then? Like, there's just so much that can, you know, there's just so much. Yeah. And even at 19, okay, I've mostly stopped drinking or completely stopped drinking. I can't remember exactly what your story was, but yeah, I was sober then, but okay. So I'm sober. Now I'm going to force a pregnancy on you. That won't add any more complications to your healing journey. Like, like right. as if somehow that's not going to put you right back where you were at 16. Right. right. I mean, we just don't, it's just so much more complicated than anything we see in the media yeah. leads us to believe. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's not just like a cookie cutter thing. It's, I mean, it's, it's very, very complex. Yeah. 
very, very yeah. complex. I mean, I could probably go, we, we, we could write a book on all of it. <laughs> I mean, I, I, yeah. and you did, but still I'm <laughs> saying we could write a book on just my experiences alone and just yeah. the complexities of it, you know? Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm sure everybody could, you know? Yep. Yeah. Is there anything, I'm so grateful for you for being here, for openly sharing your story. Is there anything that you know a teen listening or someone who kept the baby listening or someone who also aborted when they were a teen listening? Is there anything you came really wanting to say that hasn't been said or anything you want to say to that version of yourself now? Like, what's what's the next thing that you feel called to share in this particular episode so what i'm what i'm just feeling called to to say right now is for you know somebody who um maybe had an abortion when they were a teen and they they have not ever been able to speak that out loud or you know um it's okay you are okay and you are supported mm-hmm. and you know, however you feel about it, make sure that you're, make sure that you're getting, you know, healing from all those mm-hmm. feelings, mm-hmm. but don't allow society to make you feel like you were wrong. If yeah. you feel that that was your right choice, you get to stand in that. Because for me, I know for many years, I always heard, you know, all these stories of women like regretting. And I, I, I think media really pushes that story of regret a lot. Um, and we don't really hear too much of women who really, really stand, stand in their power of, you know what? I made the right choice. And it's okay to feel like you made the right choice and still honor yourself and honor your situation and honor everything about what happened to you and what you've been going through and it's okay for you to heal, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And even regret, we've made such a like story about it. Like what's so bad about regret? I mean, people regret their marriages. People regret going to college. People regret like getting on the plane when their intuition told them not to. But suddenly when it has to do with a pregnancy, like regret is the most tragic, horrible thing we can imagine. It's like, yeah. What if regret is just another human emotion and it's okay? Like, it's okay. Either way. Right. Right. There's a lot of shame. Yeah. There's a lot of shame around yeah. abortion, but it's, we don't need to be shameful of it. We don't need to be shameful of it at all. Yeah. We can stand proudly in our story and say, this is, mm. this is what happened and this is what I went through. And, you know, that's the great thing about you and your podcast. Cause when I, when I, when I, I actually think that you had posted about your podcast in like a, like the women, whatever, a, a women's group, like a business group or something. Yeah. And, and I had never heard of anyone having a podcast like that before. And I thought, what a great way for people to, to be supported and to, to know that they're not alone because we're still very much alone. You know, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of people say, telling their story, but we're still, there's a lot of people who are very much alone in their story. And it's, it's important for these stories to come out. It's important for us to, for the ones, for those of us who, you know, feel strong enough to tell them, Yeah. to, to tell them and for I other actually, people to know that they're not alone. Yeah. And it, 
it's been such a balance for me. The obvious choice when I started the podcast was to share people's stories. And there are other podcasts that share stories. There are other platforms that share stories. And it's such a big, gigantic, important thing that needs to be happening in the abortion conversation. But then what? Like what yeah. happens after we tell our story? What, ha- what do we do with all those words that just came out of our mouth? Like, what do we do when we hear someone else's story and we identify with it? Like, now what? We just, we have so much space to fill in this conversation and I'm going to be doing this work for the rest of my life. I mean, I, there's just not enough room to, to say all that needs to be said around this, um, but we can all show up and do a little bit. And you have yeah, absolutely, absolutely done that today. You've added so much value to the podcast. I am positive. There are so many people probably in tears right now, feeling less alone, feeling more connected, um, chipping away at a little bit of the shame that they've been carrying. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm hoping that I'm hoping that they understand understand that they're not alone. You know? Understand you are not. You're not alone and your story matters and you are supported and we are here standing with you, you know? <laughs> yeah, you matter. Yes, yes. Oh um there's a tiny bit of me not wanting to end right now, because I want to ask you the question, like, who are you as a mom now? Who do you get to be? Like, do you care to share like closing with a lesson Ah. or two that you, you allowed yourself to learn so that you could be a better mother? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And honestly, it's all about affirmations and your inner narrative Mm. that has helped me to heal myself and to be a better mom because Mm. we allow what other people say about us and to us to become our inner narrative I know I know I did I did for so long anything that anybody said about me um I then took on as what I thought of myself and for me a big part of breaking the cycle is, you know, I was hurt by people who were hurt. Yeah. So I was letting, I was letting those hurt words from people who were hurt to keep hurting me, but then I was using them to hurt myself. Yes. So Mm. yeah, once I stopped, once I really started working on my inner narrative and what I say to myself about myself, mm. that started helping me become a better mom and become a better, become my, my, my friend and my supporter instead of my inner mean girl, you know? Mm. So, <laughs> yeah, oh, that, that so really, good. really helped me. <laughs> It's so good. Okay. Now I knew I had to ask one more question. So I'm so (laughs) glad I asked it. I love, love, love that. I love closing this podcast with, you know, that sort of, as we say in our world, call to action. Like the thing to take away here is like, 
becoming aware, like what is the narrative I've been telling myself? Whose is it? Where did it come from? Do I want it? Do Absolutely. I like it? Can I create a new one? How can I create a new one? What would be the value of creating a new one? Um, mm, so and good. you don't have to, so you do not have to keep using the words that people use to hurt you to hurt to yourself. Hurt yourself. Mm. You don't. So no yummy. longer. You do not need to do that. Oh, I love you. Fantastic. <laughs> I love you too. Thank you. I cannot wait to share this. Um, just a, a perfect addition to, to the podcast. So thank you so much um, for having me. Of course. Where can people find you quickly? Of course I will link, but if someone wants to run and yeah. find you, what's the best place? Um, Instagram. I, I go find me on Instagram, follow me there. <laughs> um, yeah, I am at Lori underscore Soma. So it's at Lori L A U R I E underscore Soma S O M M A. Find me there. Follow me there. Um, yeah, it's the best place to find me. <laughs> Perfect. Awesome. Thank you so much. And, uh, we'll stay in touch. Absolutely. Thank you. Okay. Bye. Thanks for listening, and as always, please consider sharing, rating, and reviewing this podcast. It helps me reach a wider audience and invites more people to thrive after abortion. If you're someone who chose abortion and find yourself struggling, hiding, or wishing you could move beyond your experience, head over to my website and book a free call. We'll talk about how you can start living the life you made your choice for.